Section 50 of Loss of the Sultana by Chester D. Berry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 50. Jacob Helminger. I was born in Allen County, Ohio in 1839. Enlisted in the service of the United States at Houston, Ohio, August 1, 1862, in Company B, 50th Ohio Infantry was captured at Franklin, Tennessee, November 30, 1864, and confined in the Cahaba prison. The loss of the Sultana on the morning of the 27th day of April, 1865, will remain fresh in the minds of the survivors as long as life lasts. I have seen men shot down in battle, treated like brutes while prisoners of war, but the explosion of the Sultana caused the greatest horror I ever witnessed. In giving my experience in the affair, I will not attempt to give the experience of others, for each one had all he could do to look out for himself. A few of my own company and myself were sleeping on top of the hurricane deck. In my sleep I heard a noise and felt a terrible jar of the boat. In an instant I was wide awake and before I could realize what had happened, my comrades were also on their feet. Smoke and steam had already taken possession of the boat, and we were not long in perceiving the situation of affairs. I stepped where I could see and looked at my watch, and I think it was about two o'clock. This watch I brought out with me and have it yet. We now saw that the boat was on fire. Many of the injured ones were screaming and groaning. I told my comrades to remain there while I went down on the next floor to see if there was anything we could use as a raft, and if so I would return to them, and we would at once aim to make our escape. I had a great difficulty in getting below, everybody and everything being in the way, and finally after getting there I found nothing but what was already in the hands of someone or thrown overboard with perhaps a hundred men contesting for its possession. I then made my way back to the hurricane deck, but found the boys I had left there gone or scattered, and saw nothing more of them until after daylight, finding all of them at Memphis but one. This was G. W. Shearer of my company. He has never been heard from and can only be accounted for as one among the lost about seventeen hundred brave soldiers that found watery graves. I then saw that none could assist each other, but that each would have to look out for himself, and that I would have to watch my chance and make my escape. To jump into the water just at that time would have been certain death, for the river looked to me like a solid mass of men. Some appeared to be swimming away, others trying to get back to the boat, while others were drowning, and not only themselves, but pulling others under with them. Some were praying, some swearing, while others appeared quite calm and only looking for a favorable opportunity to get away. I heard the captain of the boat giving a command. He told us to come to order, that the hull was not hurt and we would land. Now, if the fire could be put out, I would have thought this order very advisable but I could see no possibility of stopping the flames unless they were quenched by water. The fire had now become so great a person could see a considerable distance each way from the boat, 
the crowd in the water had also scattered so i began to muster my courage and prepare to leap overboard i had great confidence in myself as a swimmer and hoped to make sure if i was not interfered with by drowning people or getting cramped all the clothes i had on was my pants shirt and socks this had been my night-dress, and I concluded to swim as I was. I was ignorant of the distance to either shore, and thinking, perhaps, it was not over three or four hundred yards either way, I would take the Tennessee shore. I looked for a clear spot and made a final leap. When I came to the surface, I looked around to see if anyone was near me, and seeing there was not, all I had to contend with was the mighty waters of the Mississippi. I now put in my best efforts and pulled for the shore. I imagined myself making great speed for a while, but finally noticed I was drifting down below the boat. I could see at once that the current of the river was against me, and thought I would try for the opposite or Arkansas side. This effort was also a defeat. Somehow the current worked against me in this direction more than in the other. I headed down the stream and could see some lights, not knowing what and where they were, and resolved to steer for them. I had not gone far until I noticed an object of some kind in the water ahead of me. I kept my eyes on it, and after a while heard someone talking in that direction, and so called to them. They answered and told me to come to them, so I did my best and after a while caught up with them. It proved to be a large plank capable of holding from four to six men, while there was only two upon it. They invited me on board with them, and of course I accepted. My new companions appeared quite cheerful under the circumstances, and one of them said the lights ahead of us was Memphis and on nearing them found that our comrade was right. It did not take long for our plank to slide down the river opposite the wharf. A man came to us with a skiff and landed us on shore. It was now daylight, and the wharf was already crowded with people, all anxious to know the cause of the explosion. Of course we could give no reason, or at least I could not, and in fact I did not feel like talking for I was so benumbed with cold that I felt very little interest in anything or anyone. I have never been a whiskey drinker, but on this occasion drank nearly a pint at a time given me by a ferryboat captain. I am a carpenter by trade. Post office address, New Sharon, Iowa. End of section 50